What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Sega Station. So, man, has a nickname. What was out to say with no shame? Monday, December 13, 2021. Hope all is well out there with everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Segaline here. You're listening to Sega Station Podcast. I got some company coming through today as well. On a Monday, Rich Hot Takes Letty, my NBA phenom coming through to talk some hoops. Plenty to touch on in the association, along with an NFL Week 14 review. And obviously some other things to touch on in the world of sports, particularly a sad week in the world of sports with the loss of Demarius Thomas. Um, A loss for me personally as my dad's real father passed away. He lived out in Texas. My grandfather hadn't seen him in a pretty long time. The original original Seggy um, of the generational Seggies here as the Seggy Station continues to have the nickname living on. Much love to my family out in the West. I'm looking forward to catching up on, obviously, all the sports that I missed this past week. Been busy at work. A lot of touch on in the NBA, the NFL. Tigers playing in the PNC Championship this weekend, which is honestly a miracle. And then on top of that, um, there's some other things happening, obviously, with COVID still impacting sports and everyone's lives. Christmas right around the corner. Already up into 2022 here in a few weeks. Just time keep on zipping on by. It is kind of wild to see everything happening. Um, there's tons of tragedies going on right now. Kentucky with some tornadoes. I mean, it just seems to be never-ending. It's sad to see all the... Bad things and sad things happening, but there are some good things happening, and there are some positives to take from the bad, in my opinion. Everyone deals with it in their own way, as many people have talked about here on the podcast, and looking forward to having Rich coming through today, touch up on some sports, catch up on everything... We've been touching here on the podcast. Much love to everybody checking in on the podcast. As always, you can follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page at Seggy Station. Always got a live version up of the podcast on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. And still got the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. But right now it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk. Microphone is always direct. Time to reflect. In a few days for me, plenty to touch up on. Should be a good show. Enjoy it. Yeah, let me start the recording and start with this, Rich. We're going to have to go through some NFL before we talk some hoops, but I do have plenty of hoops for you, so bear with me. Um, You said you won some money on that Bills-Bucks game, and the Bills-Bucks game turned out to be a really good game when at halftime I'm like, here we go again. Another game where I'm like, oh, sweet, like a team is, is they're going to have to play a really hard team, right? It's the hardest game, and they go in and they just absolutely slack the team that I was like, oh, they might be able to beat them, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tom Brady, he has his, he's breaking, he's got the most uh, completions of all time in NFL history. He's throwing his 700th uh, touchdown pass for an OT walk-off thriller with dudes wide open, running, running wide open, and linebackers covering him. It's it's just storybook, right? For Tom Brady, 44 years old, oldest dude ever to win an MVP in any sport I saw. Just all these shit popping out the door. All I have to say, Rich, is if it was called consistent, I wouldn't come in here and be as fired up as I was. 
I would not come in here, and I've been hearing takes on it today, but I would not come in here and be fired up if they're throwing flags on the same plays that are happening when the Bills are driving and trying to score and win the game. And Tom Brady had his chances, and they make the flags. That's fine, but they're not calling it consistent. And that fourth down, Leonard Fournette uh, run on third down that they call the first down and then weren't able to review it because it was inside the two-minute, I think got it. They looked at it. They said he got it. It's just little things like that where when I watch, and I watch so much football, dude. I watch so much football, dude. It's always those games in which Tom Brady is playing in. And I'm not saying these games are cooked up, but I know people that will say they are cooked up. All I'm trying to say is how in the world are they not throwing the flag on at least one or two or three of those plays that I could typically point out that weren't thrown on the Bills' side that they're throwing that are object subjective calls every time for Tom Brady. Every time. Every time. I can go back. I can go back years and throwing this in. And I'm not trying to go back. I'm talking about yesterday's game. I'm talking about yesterday's game. Because now the Bucs, now the Bucs are 10-3, and three, right? They're a, they're a game away from locking up the division. They got four walkaway Ws. They're about to win out. They're, they're looking like the number one seed in the NFC. They're coming off a Super Bowl victory. And uh, football focus is saying there's a 10% chance that you're going to be right. It's going to be Patriots and Bucks in the Super Bowl. But, like, that to me is, like, why I get so upset because it's literally calls that are upsetting the, the things that are happening in the game that are happening in always in his game, always in his game. And it's just, it's just mind-boggling to me, dude, because he continues to rack up these stats. He continues. He's got 60 touchdowns and zero interceptions since joining the Bucs in the red zone. He's 33-3 and all time against the Bills. Like, the shit that he is adding on is just, it's great. Yeah, it's storybook. But nobody wants to talk about these other things that are objective facts, in my opinion, that are reasons why he's winning some of these games. And it's just bullshit to me, dude. It's just absolute bullshit to me. Because if those are him, if if he's in Josh Allen's shoes on a couple of those throws to Stephon Diggs, and there was another one, I think, over the middle, where I don't even remember all of them. All I know is that he's getting those flags. It's just... It's happening every time, so it's just not fair. Just call it both ways, or don't give him in that flag and let him have to make another throw. Don't give him 30 free yards when it's just as objective as the Bills had. It's just bullshit to me, dude. And I'm literally now, like, stuck where, well, we can't do anything because the Bucks aren't losing their division, so they're making the playoffs. So at this point, I'm just hoping, oh, well, they don't, they don't have to play all the games at Tampa Bay. Well, we saw last year they just run through games on the road, too, if they're getting these type of calls. It's just bullshit, dude. It's literally just bullshit. And I know so many people want to say, oh, the NFL wants Brady to win. Oh, the NFL's rigged. My dad coming in and saying this. I'm not willing to go that far. But it is hard to sit back sometimes after some of this shit happens and literally have to come on here and be like, dude, really? Like, how is it not some of that? Like, if he doesn't get that flag and they win the game, fine. I can't say nothing. He's the he's the greatest, blah, blah, blah. But this happens every single time, dude. This happens every single time we talk about this. Now, all of a sudden, he's... Favorite MVP, he's the greatest, oh, the man. When he's he went he he was seven to sixteen for like seventy five yards in the second half. They shouldn't even have won the game. It's just bullshit to me, bro. Absolute bullshit to me. Yeah, I mean a few things there. I don't, some of it I don't disagree with. I will say like that. I I don't remember who the pass was to or whatever. But the last flag that basically kept them alive and like allowed them to win that game. I was, like, it was a late flag, and I was looking at it, I was like, oh, they're gonna, 
not because I was like, oh, that was that should have been a flag. I was like, oh, they're gonna throw a flag right there. And sure enough, like it didn't come for a second, and then it came. And so there's two sides to it. One, like yeah, if it was Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos there, and he throws that pass, no, I don't think the flag comes out. So like, yes, you have a point there where like it's not fair. That should be consistent. So I agree with that. I'm not gonna argue that point. The one point where I guess you could argue the other side is we have heard it after every game all year. And it's not just against Tom Brady. It's against other teams, too. If like we've seen that call a lot. Of, if you have your back to the ball and you never turn once and your defender just reaches into you and hits you and the ball is uncatchable. Bro, you're, so, you're starting to sound like Nick Wright, which he's basically saying, oh, this is a play people got to utilize more, which is like, oh, just throw it deep. And like if they don't turn around, I'm it's a foul. It's like, bro, am, no shit. Bro, and I, I get what you're saying, saying, but like. It's it. I guess it is almost. It's almost like the um. That maybe a bad comparison, but we'll see. Like the James Harden and like Trey Young shit that got stopped the last year. Like, yeah, is it ugly when it's happening? Yeah. Should you take advantage of it though, if you can? Probably. If you can move thirty yards downfield on an incomplete pass because they're gonna throw a flag. So like, I look. I agree with you that it probably doesn't get called for everyone else, and in that case, it's messed up. But the other side is like, we have seen this a few times, right? If you're the defender, you have to turn and look at the ball. You have to make a play on the ball. You can't just be running at your man. Like, that's just, I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I'm saying for a fact. Did you watch the game? You were watching the game. You got mad money. That was the best ending. The Stefan Diggs throw into the corner of the end zone. It was on third down, I believe, because they had to kick the field goal. To me, is more of a pass interference call than the one on Mike Evans, where the defender does try and turn around, and Mike Evans has his arm up around his head. Yeah, the Mike Evans one. Um, no, sorry, the Stephon Diggs one should have been called. I thought that should have been called too. It's I just crazy. I'm, I'm my I'm, only argument I'm making is not that it wasn't unfair. I thought it was slightly unfair because I think in another scenario that's not called. My the only argument is simply like if you're the defender in that scenario, regardless of what happened on two plays ago, like yes, I agree that should have been a flag. You still have to make a play on the ball. You can't just be running straight at your man. So like, yeah, it it probably needs to be called better. And like, it, it's something in all sports. We see it too. We've seen too for LeBron for a long time. People get mad. Superstars get superstar calls, and it shouldn't be that way. And it hurts the other team way more in football. So I'm not saying it's the same thing, um, especially in those end of game giving them 30 yard scenarios, but. Last thing I'll say is it wasn't amazing. I touched on it right there, like end of the red zone window. Like, yeah, maybe not ideal for you or like the end of, end result there. But like that Bengals and 49ers game and the Bucks game both in overtime. Like there's just been some bad red zone weeks now. There was a point in the first window of red zone where Scott Hansen's like, well, the only game we have um, that's a close game right now is the Texans and Seahawks game. Not much playoff implications there. It's just like, Jesus, these games. I was like, why am I watching this? And then, like, it, that was actually a great ending to the 4 o'clock game. So, yeah, I'll give you I that. I don't know the one last time I saw, like, simultaneous overtime games going on I mean, in a late game. I Scott was saying, he's like, I don't know if this has ever happened before. Yeah, it was really wild. Um, yeah, it's also wild that uh, – here's the stat for you, Rich. Um, the NFL playoff picture is very crowded as 26 teams are currently yeah. either in the playoffs or within a game of a playoff spot. There are also 24 teams with at least six wins this, this season, the most through week 14 all-time in NFL history. Um, extremely crowded on both sides almost, it seems, as you're going to have tonight, Monday Night Football, Rams at Arizona, which is huge. It's huge for Arizona and huge, obviously, for the Rams as well, who are you know biding for... 
this playoff positioning in the NFC. Um, San Fran's in the sixth spot. Washington's in the seventh slot right now. And they end up losing to the Cowboys after being down 18-0, coming back and almost winning the football game. Uh, Minnesota, Philly, Atlanta, New Orleans, all at 6-7. and seven. All those teams are at 6-7 and seven in the NFC. And it doesn't you're get you're it doesn't one of my seven things. Doesn't get uh doesn't get much more um less impactful in the in the AFC. Alright, you got seven things? Fine. I forgot that you oh, no, no no I said no no no, we don't have to do them now. I was saying you're basically touching on one of them right now. That's fine. Either way, I just wanted to I just wanted to know. Um you think uh what's the deal? I mean, I thought this is kinda wild. I guess now you're gonna have there's going to be three teams potentially uh, with San Fran now creeping back into the playoff spot out of the NFC West, not Seattle. I had Seattle being a playoff team heading into the year, so certainly wrong about that. But San Fran, I had that division being extremely tough, and now San Fran's looking like they're coming alive. I saw George Kittle as like a wild stat that like broke Shannon Sharp's record, like back-to-back games with 150 receiving yards and a touchdown he had like two he had an unreal catch yesterday in that game like in overtime i'm like rooting for the Bengals, but i'm like yeah that's kind of tough to like be upset about that was absolutely ridiculous i'm just like oh man all right cool um yeah so this is where it's uh i'm not gonna be rooting for any of those teams i guess i'm rooting for the vikings like because i'm i'm rooting for dalvin cook to do well which he did for me off the torn labrum he suffered 11 days prior to his game on thursday night football against the steelers which was also a good football game that was a blowout at halftime um but dalvin cook literally had like two touchdowns and 150 yards at halftime coming off a torn labrum and i traded for him in fantasy like i told you and my brother and everybody and their mother told me it was like the worst thing in history that i ever done and at this point, as long as Austin Eckler's ankle is fine. Our league or the other league? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going hot and heavy, dude. Making a huge run. Justin I Herbert. Had a, I had a big week. I had a big week. You didn't obviously. outscore me. Go check the numbers, my guy. I know, that's fine. Yep. <laughs> I needed 2-0 to get in the playoffs, and I got 2-0. Yeah, whatever, dude. You're not touching my team, I'm telling you. My team's been hurt all team's year. Staff. And finally healthy. I'm feeling good. Shout out Herbie's uh, and the Chargers, for real. All right, uh... Yeah, let you get into your seven things because honestly, well, the NFL is just pissing one. me off. I'll just say the last one now because we basically just touched on it right there. So this is my seventh one I put in there. I had Falcons, Saints, Eagles, Vikings, Washington. Out of those five teams, one of those teams will make the NFC playoffs. Yep. And I and I was going through the schedules, and granted, <laughs> it's because they have to play each other, but the Eagles and Washington have the easiest schedule of those teams yep. for sure. Uh, Eagle, they each play each other twice, which obviously easy games. They each play the Giants once, easier game, and they each play the Cowboys once, harder game maybe. So they both had the easiest schedule. I don't want – hey, I'll root for the Eagles for Dukes. I don't really want to see Eagles or Washington there. I would agree with you that the Vikings would probably be the most fun team to see. Like, I think Justin Jefferson is probably the best receiver in the the National Football League. Yeah, after Maybe after Devontae Adams, but I don't know. Yeah, Um, that's a good take. I I would like to see see them there, but if I had to go looking at the schedules, and like, I guess I'd probably pick one of Eagles or Washington. Hold on. Let me get into my – let me get – you just covered one of your seven things. You got six left. Let me get into – let me get into – let me get into five. I'm gonna make my five. And I'm gonna make it quicker this time because I know last time I was taking it real long. But I just got an update on my phones. So this leads into number one. Give me some credit where credit's due here. 
COVID is impacting sports again, bro. Big time. Bulls, next two oh, games just postponed. Next two games just got postponed. Oh, really? Just got an alert on my phone. Nine nine Bulls are out with COVID, including Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Caruso. Next two games just got postponed. Wow. Charlotte's been banged up with COVID. They're somehow still winning games. There's a ton of teams in the NFL that are dealing with COVID issues, coaching COVID issues, and it's happening in college sports. It's it's all over the spot, bro. It, I don't understand what the deal is with this shit. I know I was getting I was so upset and hyped up with this last time, but for good reason, because this is still continuing to happening, and I'm not understanding what's going on here. Like, can you imagine if we had pay, paid for the NBA game and, and it either got moved or we go to the game and they're starting five is nobody from the Bulls because nine of them are have COVID? Like, it's just kind of wild to me, bro, to think about. The, tra- the traveling that they do on these back-to-backs. Like, all the shit that we talked about when when COVID started and they did basketball in a bubble. Like, everything's back to normal, dog. Everyone trying to act like, oh, damn, shit still. What do you mean, dude? People doing back-to-backs in sports, traveling all over the spot, uh, taking Ubers if they can't, if their plane can't go because the weather's bad all over the, the map. Like, I don't know, man. I just think it's still going to be impacting sports, so... I'm just waiting to see when the NFL playoffs come around and and Rodgers catches COVID again and the Packers are knocked out of the playoffs after this incredible regular season or some ridiculous bullshit because Rodgers doesn't want to get vaccinated. Whatever it is, you're going to have something that comes up in not only the NFL playoffs, you're going to have something that's impacting the Bulls right now, a team that I like out of the East. Plenty of stuff going on with the standings because of that. And at this point, I'm just like, whatever, dude, this is... I mean, what are you going to say? They're just like, oh, we just got to keep going, right? It's like, all right, yeah, cool. Particularly the NBA has to be more careful because NFL, you're just not traveling as much. Your games are outside. You're outside more. You're more distance between people. Like, even if someone on NFL in an NFL game gets COVID on their game on Sunday, if you're vaccinated, I think I think the rules you need to return five positive tests. You should be good to go by the next Sunday in most cases in the NFL if you're vaccinated. <clears throat> and you catch COVID, unless you get a bad case, or if you get a close contact thing, you should be good to go. The NBA's where, yeah, like you're definitely right. Not to say you're wrong in the NFL, but like you're totally right. Like you got, they got to be careful because you're traveling different hotels every night, different stadiums. Like really easy for something like this to happen. Where in the NFL, it's a little more avoidable, and like three guys, four guys going down doesn't matter. The Bulls literally have half of the roster down right now. So, yeah, it definitely still something affecting sports right now. I think in terms of like. You and I and just everyday people, you kind of not pretend like it don't exist, but it's almost like the better way to go. Like you take your precautions and it's like live your life. Yeah. But, yeah. But that's part of the problem, though, because it's like everyone's doing that now to a point where it's still it's still to a point where I mean, if you're a fan of the Bulls, I mean, what? I, like, I don't know. I'm not like a diehard fan of the Bulls. Yeah. If the giant if the Giants were fucking actually good, they're terrible. They're not. But if they were actually good. And making a push for the playoffs, and Saquon and somebody's got COVID, dude, that yeah. sucks. That fucking yeah. sucks. Like I would literally be so upset because it's like, oh well, anybody can get COVID. My uncle has COVID right now. I was supposed to play league play with him tonight. Can't play. He's got COVID. Like every, I t- I said everyone's gonna get sick again this winter. Everyone's gonna get COVID or the variant or whatever. You're gonna get it all. It's all gonna be a thing. But then how is it still a thing where now? with all the shit I see when we go to a game, bro, like 
You're telling me that if the Bulls were that infected or whatever, they couldn't have gotten it from people at the game or given it to people at the game or vice versa or any of the things that have been happening. It's just kind of wild to me because it goes from zero to a hundred to what? Zero again. Like that's not going to work. That ain't going to fucking work dog. Cause everyone's freaking out again. Where I disagree is like the zero to a hundred is like, I don't think we should be as concerned as we would before before. That's why we have fucking vaccines. Like if you're not vaccinated, maybe be as concerned, but like, we have a vaccine now. Like, I'm not going to be as concerned as I was a year and a half ago. That's why I got the vaccine. It's like, it sucks that people haven't and that it's still this much of an issue, but it's kind of like, I still, like, if I go to a grocery store or go to a populated place yeah. or any, like, crowded place, like, I wear a mask for the most part. I yep. didn't hit the Knicks game, which was, like, five, maybe not a good idea, but, like, I don't know, man. I guess it was just, like, kind of wanting shit to be normal, being like, I'm vaccinated. Yeah, you're like, fine. You're happens. probably fine. I'm not saying you're not, but all I'm oh, saying is... No, 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 no. I'm just... All I'm asking is, like, are the Bulls not vaccinated then? Are the Bulls, like, just unvaccinated and now they can't play? No, no. Most of them probably are vaccinated. You can still get COVID. That's what it is. I know. It's a a risk-reward thing. It's kind of like, hey, I've taken the precautions. I know I can get COVID still, but because I'm vaccinated, hopefully it won't be as severe. Like, for me personally, I could work from home. It's a bigger deal when we're talking about athletes, and especially when we're talking about, like, playoff and contending time. All right, let me keep it moving. I saw that sources said that the Brooklyn Nets have renewed optimism that Kyrie Irving could play this season. Now, listen to this, Rich. It's unclear that it would be letting Irving play road games only or fulfilling New York's vaccination mandate. So, this is where I just have to ask you real quick my second of the thing. Well, if, if if it wasn't... If it wasn't that he actually got the vaccine and they start yeah, automatically yeah. letting him play road games, like, all of a no sudden, way. like, what the fuck? Like, no way. because no way. Joe Harris has been out, because some of these no guys way. are going down, because COVID's impacting the league again. It's like, oh, all right, yeah, we'll take Kyrie back. No biggie. Road no games way. only. No problem. Like, what's going on here, Rich? There's no way. It, it has to mean he's considering getting vaccinated. Like, they... They would never do that. They would never do that because all the same issues still stand. Like, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, it's not even like – and I still don't think they would do this, but it would be one thing if they were in, like, the Lakers' shoes and, like, they're in, like, the bottom of the playoffs and it's like, holy shit, we need to start winning some games here, guys. Like, they're the literally the one seed. Like, it doesn't matter if they win a few more extra regular season games. So, like, why would you bring him back for those when you still couldn't have him in the playoffs when it matters? So, like, it's 100% – I will say with positivity, there is no way Kyrie Irving's coming back unless he gets vaccinated. There's no way they're just bringing him back for road games now. That would make zero sense. Fifty-one seven and nine for Durant last night. I think it was last night yeah. against uh, the the Pistons, um, number one seed in the East, like you were mentioned. But stop slacking on the Lakers. I think they're six right now. I guess I had them I in one I'm of my. They need to I had them in one of my five, so I'll bring them up as three. I had two more, and then I'll let you go. The Lakers are. Obviously a team that everyone talks about when they lose or when they win. And it's like one of those, they're like the Cowboys, in my opinion. Like, it's like if they lose a game, it's like, oh my God, the sky's falling. They suck. They're they're not going to make the playoffs. Oh my God. Or if they start winning a couple games, it's, oh man, are they back? Oh, what's going on? Now they're winning without Anthony Davis. To me, they've been looking the better the last two games. Anthony Davis has been playing. LeBron James, triple-double machine. I think he's the oldest player to get a 30-point triple-double passing Kobe Bryant. Uh, You know, I was getting all heated with Duke the other day in the chat because this is the shit that pisses me off with Russell Westbrook, dude. It's like literally Russ has a bad game, and it's like, oh, my God, dude, they got to trade Russ. Oh, my God, dude, this dude's the problem. I'm like, bro, chill. Like, 
Russ, you did not get Russ, if you're a Lakers fan, to have 30 points. That is not why you got Russell Westbrook. You got him to play better defense than you've ever had at the guard position. Hustle, get rebounds, assist the basketball, hopefully. Like, play with heart. Not to score mad points. Rim running, dunking, sure. Making a few shots, been making some threes. Having a little bit better shot from the mid-range. That's why you got Russell Westbrook. Not for 30-point triple-double games. So people that are like, oh, shit, what's on with Russ? Bro, what, like, this is the shit with me. This is LeBron James' team, right? LeBron James constructing the roster as GM. Now all these people throwing shots at uh, the Lakers and, and LeBron because he's constructing a bad team for bringing in Russell Westbrook. It's all bullshit to me. Anthony Davis is the reason why they're not playing well. And until he yeah. starts playing well, then maybe we'll start having a better conversation. If he's going to be playing like this, yeah, the Lakers are in trouble. But this is not Anthony Davis's head. Nothing to do with Russ. Nothing to do with LeBron. He's been banged up. And LeBron's playing pretty damn well for being in the league. 19 fucking years. 33-point triple-double. So I don't want to hear anything about that. And some of these guys off the bench playing a lot better. Still waiting for some of these guys to come back. I'm still not worried about the Lakers. So... This is, I mean, like, this is the worst part about, like, ESPN and everything, and this isn't even something that's their fault, but it's, like, you obviously have to comment on the recent stuff that happened, but you're, you end up commenting about nothing when it's teams like the Lakers, because you end up reacting to every night when it's, like, guys where, for the most part, we know what they are, and we're just worried about where the team ends, so, like, yeah, every single day is going to be an overreaction to, like, oh, my God, LeBron, how good is he for his, his age? Like, oh, my God, can LeBron do it anymore? Russell Westbrook, another triple-double. Oh, my God, a team can't win with Russell Westbrook. Like, it's literally – it's just every, way, every day. So it's utterly ridiculous. Like, none of it matters because the next day something else will happen and they'll cling on to that, whatever that thing is. So, like, the big thing with the Lakers here is – and, like, I wasn't even going to get into when you and Duke were commenting. Like, I think you're both 100% right and both 100% wrong on two things. Like, it's just, like, Duke is the side of – people who way overreact to Russell Westbrook and I think do get too much like you're expecting something you're expecting something to be more than it ever was going to be like it is not Russell Westbrook's fault that he is not an MVP anymore just because his name is Russell Westbrook people expect something different from Russell Westbrook if the Lakers were expecting that then that's their fault if the fans were expecting that that's their fault. Anyone who's watched basketball for the last two years and can view it even remotely unbiasedly knows that Russell Westbrook is at best three quarters of what he was in his MVP form. Yeah. Not, not, that's not a knock to him right now. He was just absolutely incredible in his MVP form, and he is a good basketball That was player. five not, years ago, exactly, dog. Like, exactly, I, I can't exactly. even move. So, so that was where I totally disagreed with Duke. Where I agree with Duke partly is there are nights where you watch the, the Lakers and you're like, and you know this too, so this isn't something on Russ, you're just like, holy shit, Russ, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, why are you taking that shot? But the other flip side to that is like, Russ shouldn't have to be taking those shots. The, the problem here is Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis was playing like Anthony Davis, I think Russell Westbrook is smart enough to where he wouldn't be doing that. But when you have Anthony Davis standing out at three and being the worst three-point shooter in the league, not taking anyone off the dribble, obviously Russell Westbrook's going to do some of that shit. So, like, Russell Westbrook shouldn't be taking a lot of the shots he's taking. He is kind of a negative on defense now. He has a lot of turnovers. But at the end of the day, if you're watching the Lakers games, there's no option where, like, you're not going to sit there and be like, well, what they need to do is get Melo twice as many shots. Like, no, that's not the answer either. Oh, well, they need to get Malik Monk more low. Like, not, no, it's not. The issue is, like, what I said from the beginning. If Anthony Davis doesn't carry this team and LeBron isn't LeBron, they have some real issues, and those things aren't happening. LeBron's LeBron some nights, but that's the issue. It's not Russell Westbrook's fault, but no. he hasn't been playing amazing. All right, here's a couple more before I let you go. Uh, 
I saw Giannis, he notched his fifth career game with 40 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists. That actually ties Russell Westbrook for the most by any player since the merger. Giannis has two of those games this season, becoming the fifth player with multiple since the merger. I think it was in my solo. I think I maybe had asked you. Um, of course, then Kevin Durant goes for 51, but if it's against the Pistons. Um, I think you've said this before, so maybe I'm just agreeing with you, but I just want to get your take on it real quick because Steph Curry's been incredible too, but then he'll go and have like a terrible shooting night. Like I know he's going for the all-time three record passing Ray Allen. He's obviously going to get it over here with the next couple games, if not next game. But to me, like Giannis is the best player in basketball right now. Giannis is literally the best player in basketball and slight edge over Kevin Durant because like I think Kevin Durant has a great conversation for it, but my reasoning was... I think Giannis has a better chance at guarding Kevin Durant than Kevin Durant does of guarding Giannis. Who's the best player in the world right now if you had to pick? Is it not Giannis, who's 27? And I heard a really good stat this morning on, uh, shout out to my guy Nick Wright. Nine years from now, Rich, nine years from right this second, Giannis is still going to be younger than LeBron James is currently. When I try and put that in perspective, I'm like, damn, when I already look at what this dude does, I just watched him come off a finals run that I guess people just want to forget about. And I'm like, yo, what? That shit was wild what he just did. Like, I did not expect the Bucs to do that, nor did I expect Giannis to do what he did. And now he's doing it consistently again in the regular season and shooting better, things I talked about. I don't think think there's a debate. I I don't know if the Bucs are going to win the championship again. They may very well. But I think Giannis is the best player right now in the world. Right now. No, no other player is better than Giannis. I agree. Uh, I don't think it's by a lot. Like, I wouldn't, like, really argue someone who told me it was Kevin Durant, but I do I do think it's Giannis, and it's mainly because the defense. And, and it's tough because Kevin Durant is a – maybe not as much after the surgeries and all the injuries, but he still is an average to above-average defender. Yeah. He's not a bad defender yeah, at all. Yeah, definitely. And he's also the best offensive player in basketball, yep. unless you're going to say it's Steph Curry, which yeah. is fine. It's one of the two. Um, the flip side for Giannis is he's also got to be considered, even though he doesn't shoot like that, a top, he's got to be considered a top 10 offensive talent, maybe if not better. And he's the best defensive player in the NBA. Like Rudy Gobert wins the award sometimes, but like Giannis is better defender than Rudy Gobert overall. Um, so I I still say it's Giannis, especially coming off a championship. He's just been more durable, younger. So like, yeah, I say it's Giannis. I don't think there's a whole huge argument for, you know, like Kevin Durant. Again, I, I still believe, and this changes everything. So, like, this is where the I think the flaw in the argument is. Like, if someone, if I wanted to take the Kevin Durant side, I could say Kevin Durant and the Nets literally came within a KD being a quarter inch shoe size smaller from beating the Bucks. Yep. None of this would have happened. Kyrie and James Harden weren't there, or James Harden was there, but like yeah. James Harden could have been named anyone else, and like John Smith, and it would have been the same thing. Dude was hobbling up and down the court. So, like James Harden wasn't there. Like Kevin Durant almost beat the Bucks alone in the playoffs last year for the most part like Blake Griffin was the second best player on the team at most points so like that's a pretty fair argument like yes I think Giannis is the better all-around player right now and him being younger and being way more athletically gifted is part of that but when all the chips were on the line Kevin Durant had a way worse team and almost beat him last year and I think that's a very real argument to make and say like hey every year we may we've all sat here and said LeBron's the best player in the league and we ignored what he did in the regular season and been like, it's because of that in the playoffs. Yeah, Giannis won last year, but like that much of a thing changes and we're looking at Giannis and Durant way differently. So I think it's Giannis, but I think there's a very fair argument for it to be Durant. 
I don't think it's Steph. I don't think it's LeBron. I'll let you get into your seven things. My last quick one for you. I saw that uh, this former NBA player, his name's Andre Ingram, won $31,750,000 on Wheel of Fortune last night. I was wondering if you could tell me without looking which team this uh, this guy played on. Yeah, 100%. This was probably around 2016, 2015. We were in college, um, and he played for the Lakers. He came in as like a 37-year-old or something like it that. It had like he a wild his, game. He played, he played his first NBA game at the end of the season. It was probably right before they got LeBron when the Lakers were really bad, post-Kobe, pre-LeBron. And he came in, like, crushed in a game or two at the end of the season. And then they never brought him up again. But, yeah, he played his whole career in the G League and then came in and crushed. Literally wild. Had, I saw he won. He had gray hair, I'm pretty sure. Real dark skin, gray hair. He, he seemed like a cool, nice guy. Yeah, He's dude, shout out to him Good for, for him. winning that's on awesome. Wheel of Fortune. I didn't know he won Wheel of Fortune. That's yeah, sick. 31750000 I'm like, hell, Good let's go. Him. All right, what you got for me on a Monday, Richard? What do I have here? All right. So we touched on the football one. All right. Number one. So I wrote this a few days ago. All the others I wrote today. But I'm not saying I actually believe this. Just It's just a thought to throw out. <laughs> is, there, is there a chance that when Clay comes back, it actually makes the Warriors worse when everyone is assuming it makes the Warriors better? Oh, boy. At least, at least for a little while. That's Woo! all I'm saying. Dude hasn't... All I'm going to say is he hasn't played basketball in two years, and everyone is assuming he is automatically better than, like, a Jordan Poole and some of these guys who are, like, viable NBA players. I will give you that. Jordan Poole's been balling, yeah. The Warriors have the best defense in the league this year, and you're out of your mind if you think Klay Thompson's as mobile as he was before, even though he's a good defender. (laughs) I'm not saying the Warriors become a worse team because he plays. I'm just saying, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, once they get Clay back, like, it's very possible that it's not really a net positive. Okay, but hold on. Okay, you make a good point, but let me just let me just say, if they if they're doing what they're doing right now without Clay, and if I I understand what you're saying about Clay, but if Clay can just be like a dude off the bench that's scoring like 15, 20 points, yeah, like it, it, that is that not what the, basically these people are saying? Like if he could just come in and make some shots like off the bench, like the the Warriors already look like a team that compete without Clay right now. Absolutely. There is no world in which having Clay Thompson play 15 minutes as one of the best shooters ever is hurting you. My case is more on, like, if you're forcing Clay Thompson into 30 minutes a night, I think there's a very good chance that, like... He gets hurt again? Yeah, maybe. Not not even that. Like, (laughs) I don't know that that's 100% better if you're cutting into, like, Jordan Poole's minutes. I don't know that that's 100% better right now. And I think it's... I'm not... I don't agree with what I'm saying. It's just one of those things where, like, I think it's crazy when I hear everyone talk about it. It's just like locked in and like you sound like it. You sound like you're working for ESPN. Next thing, Rich. Next thing, Rich. All right, all right. So I don't believe with what I'm saying right now, but did you? No, no, no. no. It's a. It's a. Whatever. Just go. Next thing. (laughs) Yep, it's a thought. Have you seen any of the Ben Simmons stuff? Yes, I have. That is really good timing, considering of when I asked you that. There's like a bunch of teams asking him now. What Ben Simmons might be the first one to come back out of the dudes I asked you, and there it's getting a little wild. Yeah, go ahead, go for it. So there's a report today saying the Knicks and Lakers have interest in him. Lakers one's bullshit. That can't happen. Like that literally can't happen. They would have to trade Russell Westbrook. That doesn't help the Sixers and what they're trying to do. That's not a thing. Like that's not the Lakers can't happen. I think the Knicks one's pretty interesting, and I think it's actually one of the more I'd be cool with it as a Knicks fan, depending on what the trade is, and I think it's. 
they're it's one of the first like we have so many teams talked about it with him and i think the portland trailblazers are viable because they would need to switch things up but like the knicks have a lot of trade assets knicks have a lot of trade assets so like i think that i think the knicks is an interesting one and as a knicks fan as long as they're not shelling out too many firsts I'd, I'd be totally cool with them doing that. Thibodeau, best defensive coach in the league, or one of them. Ben Simmons, one of the best defensive players in the league. Yeah, you need help. You need help and, if you're and, a Knicks and fan. And the Knicks season hasn't started off great. And I don't think the Knicks are as bad as this season started off. I'll hit two points in one here. One of them's just my normal Knicks point. It literally just said 12 and 15, 12th in the West, or 12th in the East, woof. Only yeah. four games out of six, out of the six spot. But, like, just tying those two together, like, I think last year was a best-case scenario for the Knicks, like, with their given roster. And I think what we're seeing right now is, like, a worst-case scenario. Like, it'll get better even if they don't make any moves. Like, I don't think they're actually 12th in the East material. But, like, I think everyone clearly knows now where, like, I had some optimism last year. Other people definitely did. Like, oh, if R.J. Barrett takes another step and Julius takes another step, like, I don't know, maybe this is a team that could kind of do some stuff. Like, Probably not. Like, they could yeah. be decent. You got to like, give me some credit about that because I think the Knicks are looking yeah. kind of like I thought they would. And I, I think you make a good point, though. It, I, I saw Knicks being on the list for Ben Simmons. I don't know if that's I like it. where I'd like him to go, but if he did go there, I think that'd be a good move for not only Ben Simmons, defensive-minded coach, but maybe going forward uh, for the Knicks as well. If they can get something out of Ben Simmons going forward with, with the pieces they, they still have there. Um, the only bad part is if, like, if a lot of the issues, and no one knows this except for him, if a lot of the issues in Philly are about him having, like, a fragile ego and just being sensitive, and, like, the guy's been giving some shit, but, like, it doesn't get a whole lot shittier than being in New York and Philadelphia. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if that's the answer on that front, but yep. just just from a fit basketball-wise perspective, the Knicks lack a primary ball handler right now. D Rose is that like off the bench? Julius and RJ aren't fulfilling that. Yeah. Need better defense, All right. Let me ask like you this real it. quick. Let me ask you this real quick before you finish up your uh, your list. Yep. Um, do, who do you think has a better chance to re- have a chance to revive their season? The Portland Trailblazers, who I think have lost five straight, seven of their last nine or eight of their last nine, and Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum punctured long. He could be out for a while. Um, going there, I saw as a spot that Ben Simmons and apparently Damian Lillard is looking into, or the Knicks, like that, or like you said, twelve and fifteen, but they're only what six from the six from the or four games from the six spot. Um, I think it's the Knicks by a mile, and like the Knicks are in win now mode. Not that the Blazers aren't in that, but they've been in that forever with the same roster. They brought in a new coach. They brought in a new GM. The Portland Trailblazers literally have a new everything except for their players that are exactly the same if they've always been. Yeah, but they're in trouble, dude. The Blazers are in trouble. The Blazers are in trouble. I think the Knicks are the clear, clearly in a better spot for the future and for this year to like make a change or turn it around. Like, yeah, they fair. They but... talented pieces that are just playing below where they were last year. The Knicks bench, I know I used this as one of my last points, the Knicks bench is literally the fifth best unit at yeah. playing together in the entire NBA, and their starters literally... Get, the bench comes into the game with a 17-point deficit every night, and the starters come back into the game in the second quarter with, like, a two-point deficit, and then we enter halftime with, like, a 15-point deficit. The starters just literally go down by 15 points every time they come on the floor, and the bench... Yeah, that's a knock on Randall, though. He's playing terrible it this is. year. Randall's playing terrible this year. I don't Randall know what and, the fuck's going on with Randall. RJ had a really good game, uh, like, two nights ago. Like, just shot incredibly, but, like, for the most part, just, like... 
Wait, who is this rookie? Well. Oh, by the way, on the Knicks, who I think are in trouble, by the way. Who is the hell is this rookie that just came off the bench and hit the the most threes in a rookie's debut uh, for the New York Knicks in history? Uh, what Elton Grimes? For, who the hell for, is this kid? For the, the uh, against the Bucks yesterday. Yeah, dude, it was a Knicks rookie who I've never heard of who apparently played like 30 minutes, and who the hell did, so, where did he come from? So, Why isn't he getting any time? What's going on? Grimes. And I won't lie to you, I was doing all my lineups and watching NFL. This game started at 12 yesterday, so I didn't watch a second of this game or really even look at much. This dude played 39 minutes. Yeah. I don't think he's played over 10 minutes the rest of the, like, all the rest of the year. He hasn't gotten in most games. It looks like uh, RJ was out and... <laughs> it looks like multiple people were out here. I'm trying to see quick. Oh, Alec Burks and RJ Barrett were out. So they bought Quentin Bryan's in, but wow. Yeah, I mean, he definitely just earned himself some more minutes there. I didn't uh, – I'm going to have to go back and look at the actual, like, tape of the performance now on YouTube because I didn't watch I was. Wa- I mean, I wasn't watching Mad the Game. I saw some of his highlights, but I'm like, yo, this is a dude that you, you – there's a rookie that you just haven't given any time yet? Like, all right, like, whatever. Like, this is the so thing he, with the Knicks. Don't want to play Kemba year. and shit, but this dude's not getting any time. But now all of a sudden he gets 39 minutes because two guys are probably out with COVID or some shit. It's just crazy to me, bro. Yeah, this year he's played in, well, we've had 27 games. He's played in about, like, 12 of them. But really none of he's only, like, over 10 minutes a handful of times. And, like, he didn't do much in most of the other ones when he played over 10 minutes. But... Wow, yeah, he crushed. 9 of 17 shooting. What yep. did he go from 3? 7 of seven, seven of 13 from 3. Yeah, I mean, he earned himself some more minutes, that's for sure. Um, good for him. Wow. Yeah, I'm mean, going to have to go back and watch that. I'd imagine a lot of it was against the Bucks bench warmers if it was in garbage time. I mean, it wasn't in garbage time. He played 39 minutes. He played the whole fucking game, so good for him. I'll have to go look at that. I, I can't believe I didn't know that, but I truly didn't know that happened. Yeah, dude, that happened. Uh, good update for you. What else you got for me? What else is on? I realized I covered three and one. I forgot to put the Lakers on here. I just put Lakers interested in for trading for Ben Simmons. Zero chance that happens. Legit zero. <laughs> 76ers would have to want Westbrook and THT, and that just doesn't seem like they want shooting and picks and stuff. It just wouldn't be that. Um, I've touched on this team a little bit before in these, but I just think it's becoming more and more clear. The Bucks are, the Bucks are the best team in basketball. They've been the best team all year. Um, in my opinion, the only reason people haven't viewed them that way is because literally for half of the season or half of the seasons thus far, they're missing Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Bobby Portis, four of their five starters besides Giannis. Yep. Lopez still hasn't played a game besides the first night. Um, I actually went back and clicked through their games to confirm this was right. They have lost one game all year with Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis yep. playing. Yeah, they were 11-0 and until the other night. Uh, I yep. think they played the Heat or something. Yep, the other yeah. night against the Heat. Not, yep. a great, not a good, I mean, tough loss. They didn't have Jimmy or Bam, but yeah. whatever. It was in Miami. They, they, they hadn't lost a game together all year. Yeah. I just think they're without a doubt the best team right now. I think people are forgetting about them because they aren't like one of the sexy teams, like just like the Lakers, Warriors, Nets, some of these other teams. And it's like they just won the championship. And we're injured the whole start of the year. Yeah. And they aren't losing to anybody right now that, that they're healthy. And they're back to second. They're back to second in the East. 
And yeah, I know. Hurt the whole year. Yeah, I know. I like, saw that stat eleven and zero with all three of them playing, and then I saw that loss to the Heat. But I saw Kyle Lowry. He had like twelve assists and zero turnovers yeah. at the half. Absolute balling. Uh, brutal, the Heater. Brutal beat for me. I had a bet on that game. I was, <laughs> I was pissed they lost to the Bucks. What did I tell you, dude? Never bet against the Heat. Literally, just don't bet against the Heat, the Cavs, the or the Grizzlies. The funny thing was, I bet on a few games that night when I don't usually do games, and all of them went terrible. That was the same night the Nets lost to the Rockets. I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Glad you brought up them, because there's a few things I got to touch on for sure in that. You got you got uh, any more sentences for me? I only have uh, one more left on here, because I touched on a few of them together. Um, 25 out of the 26 – nope, that's not right. 25 to 26 out of the 30 NBA teams – are literally capable of making the play-in tournament right now. 26 out of 30 teams, 25 maybe, depending on how you want to call it. Yep. It's, the play-in's just been so good for the regular season. Yeah, Rockets, I agree. The Thunder, the Magic, the Pistons are out. And the Pelicans actually have the same record as all those guys. But, like, personally, I don't think the Pelicans are, like, out because they're trying to win. They have nothing to lose for. They aren't trying to tank right now. They're only four games behind the 12 spot of the play-in. So, like, while, yes, they are looking terrible right now, there are 26 teams competing for a play-in spot right now. Yeah. So that's just a great thing for the NBA because yeah. usually by this time of the year, like, what are we, a little over a third approaching halfway through the year? Like, usually by this time, there's a good 10 teams where it's like, see you later. Like, yep. We only have four teams, and the four teams they were, we knew going into the season. No one had high hopes for the Magic, Thunder, Rockets, and whoever the hell the other one, Pistons. Like, we knew we knew they were kind of going to be in a tough spot. Like Yeah, know, a few things on that. Yeah, a few things on that uh, point. I like that point that you brought up. I saw the Pistons. They're four and twenty-two. It's their worst start They're if bad. through twenty-five games in franchise history. That's tough because I thought Kate Cunningham would come in. I didn't think he would like take over the fucking league. But I'm like, all right, dude, this dude can win some games for you. He's been looking better, but like they should be winning more games than that. Yeah. Jeremy Grant there after he was looking like the most improved player last year. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Fell off a cliff after wanting to be the man. Bringing in another guy, I don't know if that messed him up. Whatever. Something's going on down there in Detroit, and it sucks. That sucks for Detroit, because we all know what's going on with the Lions as well. You touched on the Rockets. I saw the Rockets, and we covered it a little bit on last pod. They're the first team in NBA history, and they did this simultaneously, by the way, to have a 15-game losing streak and then go on a 7-game winning streak. In the same season, they did it, as I said, back-to-back. Lost 15 games straight, won seven straight. To me, there's something to be said there. I don't think the Rockets are making the play-in. I don't think the Rockets have anything going for them this season because I had talked about that heading into the season. But what I do think is impressive is what you kind of talked about. After losing 15 straight games, you can mail in for the season. You don't have to go out there and try to win any games. They won seven straight, and they're in games Going forward, in my opinion, I've been watching some of these games they're in, trying to check out. Jalen Green's not even out there, by the way. So I, th- I think that helps. He's been bad. He's been really bad. I literally think that helps. Maybe. Maybe. Because, I-, I don't know. They don't like know. the most inefficient player in the league last year. And it's not, it's not abnormal. He's not going to have a bad career. Anthony Edwards was the most inefficient player in the first half of last year. It happens. But he's been bad. Like, bad, bad. You mentioned the Pelicans. I've had Zion Williamson drafted in my team since the start of the season. Um, waiting for him to potentially get back on the court. I see all the memes. I get all the jokes. But give me some credit here too, Rich. Zion 
is on another setback. And regardless if you want to say the Pelicans are playing to, to win games and not taking, oh, I I, they'd be crying. doing not they'd be doing way hell about it, obviously, if this dude could be on the court. And this is this is something at this point that is is glaring. Like this is glaring the fact that this stuff is going on with Zion Williamson after kind of how things have gone with him, going all the way back to Duke with his busted shoe. Shout out to Grizzlies, dude, who are fourth in the West right now. Give me some props. Without no, John Dylan Bricks. on an injury. That's not how it works. Hey, I just want to say something, though. Without John Morant and Dylan Brooks, the Grizzlies are fourth in the West. They're only getting those guys back. And I told you the Grizzlies were going to be high up in the standings. You're like, nah, probably an eight seed, whatever. Nah, they're going to be above an eight seed. John Morant's coming back. Dylan Brooks coming back. Jaron Jackson Jr.'s here. I think the Grizzlies are legit, and I got them as a four or five seed in the West for sure as a lock. What are the Pelicans doing about making the playoffs? Not much. What is Zion Williamson doing about potentially getting his team to the playoffs? And I'm not trying to make this. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Because the only reason, because that's where you get into this whole thing. I'm not, all I'm trying to say is like, we've talked about this before with other players. We could talk about it right now with the, with the draft class. I think Evan Mobley is the clear fucking front runner. Who's the best player right now out of rookies. Evan Mobley. It should have been drafted number one to the Pistons. Uh, but when I look at it, I'm just like, damn, bro, this is not a good look for Zion. Like, I, I know I, I throw yeah, some Zion hate, exactly. but it's like, bro, like, Zion, you got to get back on the court at some point and hopefully, like, try and contribute. Because when he was on the court last year, he was contributing. But here's a glaring stat for you, Rich. He's missed 87 games, played in 85. That's his career so far in the NBA. Yeah. That's not good. Bad. That's not good. Yeah. It's. I just don't want to like bash him or say he, anyone else is like, oh, they're so much better than him play play style wise. Because um, when he was on the court last year, he was a top twenty five NBA player. He should have been named an All Star. He was putting up some unreal numbers, numbers we haven't seen. He was really good. The problem here here is, and you got to hope it's not going to be a problem forever. Keeps having lower body injuries. When you have a lower body injury, it's really hard to stay in shape. He's clearly already someone that has a hard time staying in shape and has to work towards being in shape more than the average person does. So he's in this pattern where he has a lower body injury, puts on a little bit of weight, has to play himself back into shape. But ideally, you're not playing yourself into shape. You're getting in shape, then playing. But he doesn't have time to do that. Then he's playing himself into shape, so he gets hurt. Then he gets a lower body injury. Then it's literally the same thing over and over again, like the last since we've seen him on a big stage at Duke. So... It's going to be tough. Like, I, I don't know. Like, the Pelicans were on my thing last week. Like, just damn. Like, what a tough spot to be in. And I said this on here at the start of the season. They were like, oh, like, he's, you know. He shut he's down. Not- he shut down. So, what does yeah, that mean? He ain't come. the start of the season. <laughs> he shut said- down. It just mean, it means he's not even, like, but he was at least, like, running through practices and doing jogging light workouts. He's not doing any of that now. So, like, they said in training camp that he probably wouldn't play the preseason but he'd be ready to go opening night. Then they said in the preseason, we still hope for him to be ready opening night, but he hasn't done any basketball activities. And that's when I came on here. It's like, dude, we're not going to see him for so long. Like you don't not do any basketball activities and be ready two months, two weeks later. I was like, this is going to be a while. And we've seen three setbacks since then. So like, I don't have, I don't, I'm not optimistic that Zion plays this year, to be honest with you, but we'll see. I hope he does. I hope really hope he does. That would be, that would be not good. Um, like, he's not playing right now. He's not doing any activities. So once he gets cleared to do activities, he needs to get back in shape. Dude, I agree with you. I've been on the, no, I agree with you, dude. I've been on the takeaway. What the fuck is going on? He ain't playing this year at this point. Like, I he, don't think so. he's been shut down now two times. And at this point, well, he ain't I'll doing nothing. 
He might play. I'm not saying he won't play. Where are the Pelicans going to be at uh, three weeks yeah. from now? Uh, uh, Christmas Day. That matters. If he plays, he's playing like the last few weeks of the season where they're like, hey, man, just like get out there 20 minutes a night and like try and like get, get used to playing basketball. Yeah, again. I should like, definitely. I don't think he's playing anything that matters this year. Yeah, that's a good point. I should probably drop him off my squad. Um, yeah. All right, I did have a couple things to touch on in the league, minus of some of the things you touched on. You touched on some. Um, I saw this, dude. Uh, Pacers moving towards a rebuild and are open to trading Karis Lever and either Demonis Simonis or Miles Turner. Pacers blowing it up, dude. Um, you know, Pacers were one of the teams when I was looking at the standings. It was like hard for me. I was like, mm, yeah, I like Sabonis. I like Karis Lever. You're a big Brogdon guy. I like, you know, I saw McConnell. He went down with an injury. He's out for a little while. He's one of my players that I like in the league. Um, you know, they they had their coach that they hired and fired after one year, so now they got another guy in there, uh, wow, first-year yeah. head coach in Rick Carlisle, moving out of the Mavs. And I think he's done a pretty decent job, but when I'm looking now at the Pacers and they're trying to now do a rebuild, for what? Like, for what? Like, you got – you to me, uh, I just named a lot it. of pieces where I'm like, damn, what are you trying to do? Like, you bring in Rick Carlisle, right, to, to be able to coach these pieces a little bit better. Now you're trying to blow it up? Like – why do you bring in Rick Carlisle then, a veteran head coach who's trying to right get you to the playoffs and potentially win championships? Bad move. Yeah. Bad move all around. I said this when they hired Rick Carlisle. Now you're trying to blow it all up? Sabonis to the Suns? I'd argue Suns are best team in the league if they get Sabonis. Sabonis to the Lakers? Watch out, my guy, because I've been hearing some of that too. Let Lakers me just say, if the, Pacers, if the Pacers go and trade Sabonis or Levert, that is the dumbest thing in history, dog. That is stupid. That's dumb. That's stupid. So, Mon- I'm out on that. That's dumb. I'm guessing he's like 27, 28. Oh, wow. He's only 25. All right. So, the Miles Turner one, I think at the very least, it's time to feel Miles Turner. Like, I've seen him fire off some tweets about them not appreciating him. His name's been in trade rumors every year the last two years. Miles Turner's, Miles Turner's 25. Demonis Sabonis is 25. I thought each of them's a little older. Karis older. Karis Levert is older than everyone thinks. His age is like 28 or something like that. Yep. Yeah, he's about he's about to turn 28 right now. So I'll say Karis, I'm fine with moving, depending what a, P, a team will offer for you. I really, I think Karis is a little bit overrated, to be honest. He's good. He's good. He's inefficient. He's one of the most inefficient shooters in the entire league. His true shooting percentage is worse than almost anyone else in the league. He has bad isolation numbers. Um, the one knock I'll give Rick Carlisle is he doesn't like Sabonis for some reason. He's playing Sabonis way less, and Sabonis is clear far and away their best player. Miles Turner's been maybe playing like their best player for part of this year, but Sabonis is clear and away their best player, so like I don't know if Miles Turner did he come out of job. I don't I don't know. Did Miles Turner come out of Texas? Did Miles Turner come out of Texas? That sounds right. I don't know the Kyle just like that. Let's see. Miles Turner. It's either like Texas or Baylor. It's definitely Yeah, it's Texas. Texas? Yeah. Yeah. He's only 25. That's wild. Yeah, I thought both of them. I feel like he's been in the league. He must have got drafted when he was 18 then. He's been in the league for like seven years. It's Yeah, it's crazy though because it's like when when you put it like that, it's like, yeah, ideally you're not trying to move on from two 25-year-olds that are like pretty good players. Yeah. Those two With Levert and Brogdon? Like what's the deal, bro? You told me the Pacers were going to be a decent team with Carlisle. I don't think they have to rebuild if they don't want to, even though the start's been ugly. But I do think one of those bigs at least needs to go. Because we've seen for years that 
ideally they're not playing together. Ideally they're not playing together. If I were the Pacers, I think I would trade some bonus because you could probably get more for him. And at the end of the day, Miles Turner's a pretty elite big that can shoot some threes. So like I'd pro- and he's only twenty five, so I'd probably say like, hey, let's keep that and see if we can get like multiple good pieces back for Sabonis maybe. But I think you trade one of them, whichever one you could get the best deal for. I think a lot of contending teams would take both. I'd agree with you. Any contender that gets Sabonis immediately becomes the best team in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, immediately. Yeah. Uh, I think you could maybe say the same for Miles Turner for some teams because Miles Turner brings something that most bigs can't bring, like a elite defender that can do more than like. Yeah, let the heat let the heat get Miles Turner. It's a wrap up. Yeah, I hear you on that. Let the heat get Miles Turner. It's a wrap up down there. What? They're not gonna. They have Bam. They're not gonna trade for Miles. Bam's out for a while, dog. Can you imagine Bam and Miles Turner in the post? That's that's elite. Yeah, but like the only way the Heat are winning anything is if Bam's there. All right, I need to ask you. I need to ask you this, um, because we talked about this plenty of times. Then you had Ben Simmons in your seven things. You touched on him a little bit where he might go. Um, give me a little love for Tyrese Maxey, my guy. I saw he went down, he had a little head injury, but he made it back within, like, the the same game. He went through a six-game stretch, averaging 25.7 points, 4.5 assists, 3.8 rebounds, 57 field goal, 48 from three, 92 from the free throw line. He's averaging 18.4, 4.6 assists, and 3.7. I mean... It, to me, this is this is exactly what you wanted if you're Philly was Tyrese Maxey showing up that he can p- be able to play, and you got it. So I, I'm confused on how they didn't trade Ben Simmons yet, to be quite honest, because Joel Embiid's dropping 40.17 rebound games, looking like the best player. You still got Tobias Harris. You got Tyrese Maxey, I've been talking about, who can replace Ben Simmons. And yeah. let's just be real here. Ben Simmons doesn't want to be there. The Sixers and their fan base don't want Ben Simmons there. Move on, dog. Shit happens. That's what happens sometimes. I don't know what's going on with this Daryl Morey bullshit, but you got to trade this man. CJ McCollum, punctured lung. Trade him out. Tra- he can come back in in a month. Like, there is some value to be had for Ben Simmons to get traded somewhere at this point. And to me, I'm looking at the Sixers like, damn, this is a team that could compete in the East if we just make a trade right now. I said it a couple mo- uh, a couple weeks back. I think it's even more glaring right now after I'm seeing what Joel Embiid's doing. After I'm seeing Tyrese Maxey balling out out there. I think the counter argument though is they're already competing with the East in the East. They're third right now, uh, half, one and a half games out of first. What's the rush? Like, yeah, they need something else. What's the rush? Ben Simmons ain't coming back, dog. So like them hanging their hat, Ben Simmons coming back to the team, he ain't. So like. Why not try and add a piece? You're paying this dude whatever it is to be on your team. He ain't there. What I guarantee you Daryl Morey is doing is saying, like, hey, we're good right now. Like, yeah, if we want to contend this year, we have to get something back for Ben Simmons for sure. We have whatever it is, two months to figure that out. But anything can happen in the NBA. We see it happen all the time when stars demand trades. Someone goes down with an injury, all of a sudden a team's tanking or a team's contending that didn't think they were and people are more open to making moves. So I think Daryl Morey's thing is like, okay, like it's been reported that CJ McCollum and picks have been offered and they turned it down and said, no, we want Damian Lillard. So like Daryl Morey knows that's on the table. That trade's not going away. Nothing's going to happen to Portland that's going to make them like, ooh, actually, like I think we can contend with CJ now. Like they've run their course. So, like, I think Daryl Morey knows that trade's on the table. And, like, sure, I could make that trade if I want to, but why don't I see if something comes up? Like, maybe something with the Knicks pops up, and instead I can get, like, 
I don't know what it is, but like way more picks and like also get quickly and like some of these, like whatever it is. I don't know. I'm just shouting out random stuff. But like he, I think at this point he's waiting for something to come up because he knows there are trades out there he can get done. Ben Simmons, I guarantee will be moved before the trade deadline. I just think he's waiting to see if something better comes up. And my thing would be, I don't think you get better if you trade. I don't know how much better you get if you trade for CJ because I, you can't put Maxi and CJ in the backcourt together in the playoffs. That is way too small. We've seen it with Dame and CJ for years. Like that's part of their problem. They have a tiny backcourt that can't guard anyone. Like Maxi and CJ's together is not going to work. And a lot of teams want Maxi and Ben Simmons together in the return. And I don't think you're giving away Maxi and Ben Simmons for CJ unless Portland is just giving you loads of first round picks back too. So like, I think it's going to. I think it's tough to find the guy that's going to fit there because like I think you do want another. Seventy Sixers probably want to keep Maxi. But they probably do want another guard, but they also need it to be a versatile enough guard that they could play alongside Maxi. And it's a tough kind of bridge to walk here. I'm sure they take they would take Lillard for Maxi and Simmons and some other stuff, I'm sure. But like I don't know. Do you think that's great? I guess I'll end it with that. Like if you're the seventy sixers, knowing what you know right now, and Portland calls you up and, and you guys have a date deal, you're like, yo, Lillard for Maxi, Simmons, which is reported like what it's been in those discussions, and some picks. Do you think you get better with that? Because now you have Lillard, who's already looking a little bit hobbled this year. Maybe it's just an injury right now. You're going to have him for like four plus years as your guy going forward. You're getting rid of Maxi, who is looking good. All your salaries in Lillard, Embiid, and Tobias. Like, do you, I don't know. I'm not saying it's. I don't really have a stance, but I don't know if that's a good trade or not. Um, any any trade involving Tyrese Maxi, I don't like because I like Tyrese Maxi replacing Ben yeah. Simmons. Um, Ben Simmons. Uh, well, what what type stuff, of what? Considered a top ten player. Sure, yeah, no, and yeah, maybe because I think something's going on with Damian Lillard. I've been saying yeah. Damian Lillard wants to get out of Portland or something because I don't know what the hell's going on with Damian Lillard, and the Blazers aren't going anywhere. So Damian wants to act all, oh, I'm loyal to Portland. All, all right, dope, dude. You ain't gonna make the playoffs then because your team fucking sucks and they're not building properly around you. Damian Lillard, like for me, I, you're saying it might have been an injury. We talked about this a month back. It's he wants to go maybe elsewhere. Is Philly a good spot for him? I don't know. Maybe Dame Lillard and Ben Simmons, or I'm sorry, Joel Embiid. He's confirmed multiple times in the last week, like direct interviews. Like, oh yeah, I have literally told Chauncey Billups, Neil O'Shea, and the Blazers, I want to be here. I'm not getting traded. Like, I, I believe him. You don't. There's no point in quadrupling down at this point and then tomorrow being like, yeah, I want to be traded. If he wants to be traded, like, I think he just wants. I think what he wants them to do is trade CJ and try and get a piece back like Ben and try and switch it up. Like, I think we all assume these guys are so, like, wired. Because, like, it's how we're wired as fans. Like, so wired to, like, you need to get to the best situation and win there. But it's like, Damian Lillard 100% wants to win. But, like, you can want to stay in the area you're winning and want to win there and be a competitive guy and not want to join other people. So, like, I think that's where he's at. I fully believe him. I don't think Lillard's leaving. Like, if, I, if I'm sure, Lillard, that's I've fine. been down for Lillard for a long time and I'm probably sitting there like, Okay, fuck. So Lillard's not happening. I don't think. <laughs> That's why we're starting to hear about the Knicks and other teams. Because like Maury said, he's been holding out for Lillard. Oh, I don't man. think it's happening. Lillard's oh. not moving. I, that's. I don't think Lillard's moving at all. Um. We'll CJ, see. I think CJ's gone before the trade deadline, unless he's unless his injury keeps him out past that, <laughs> and like no one can trade for him. Um. Jesus Christ. I think the Blazers are screwed. Uh, I think they're screwed either way. I agree. All right, so let me ask you. I gotta ask you another good one here. 
You know how much smoke I was giving you last year about Jokic for MVP? Um, I think he's been better this year. And you were saying it, I think, maybe a couple times back on the pod. Um, I mean, the Nuggets are the eighth seed right now, kind of where I had them uh, slated lower than you a little bit. Um, but I potentially had them falling out of that eight, you know, that those eight teams. Um, and, I mean, it's just been it's been wild. They lost. You said it a couple weeks back. They lost PJ Dozier to an ACL. They got Jamal Murray's been out, still coming back from an ACL. Aaron Gordon, and I think is the only guy there who's still playing right now, not injured with COVID. Beside that, is with that starting five that we all thought about. Because Michael Porter Jr. after getting two hundred million dollars is done for the year. It's Jokic show out there. And if there's any time, if there's any time you're talking Jokic should be MVP, it's it's right this second. And let me just say, let me just say, hold on a second. Let me just say this because this is also wild too. Because I've been hearing this whole this whole knock on, uh, them talking them talking about the MVP and, and them talking about um going back to comparing it when when Jordan was playing and talking about Jordan and in basketball right when he was dominating and winning MVPs. Bro, it's a, it's actually wild to me because the the dudes that are like, and there obviously are guys that are from the U.S. that are in the conversation. Most of these guys now are that are in the conversation are also outside of the U.S. Luka Doncic, Jokic, Giannis, like these dudes are the best players in the world, not from the U.S. Whereas 20, 25 years ago, this was not the thing in the NBA. This was domestic game. This was U.S. players. Like that was it. When they didn't have a bunch of international players in the league, and if they did, they weren't dominating and potentially in the MVP conversations. Uh, this is I, this is where I will give you some some credit for Jokic because it is this like weird sense where I think it's it's part of it's part of what I kind of felt about Giannis. Like think of like an international player, even though he is really great, um, whatever. It's like. We don't even know that much about him. He didn't play in college. Did Giannis play in college? No. Did we get to see any of these players before they were in the NBA? No. I don't remember watching any of these dudes. Uh, I remember seeing Luka a little bit because it was Luka and he was playing and balling at 13 years old. That's the only reason I know Luka. Like, to me, the league itself is just in such a good place. You talked about it with with 26 teams being still in the in the hunt for the plan. Uh, these international players and obviously what Steph Curry's doing. We have domestic players that are just as good in MVP candidates. We've had it for 75 years them celebrating their anniversary. But right now, like there's a hard argument to be made that Jokic shouldn't be at least a top three conversation, maybe even right up there with with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Giannis. You know, them kind of bunched in the conversation. And for me, he has a better he has a better bid right now than he did last year, and that's kind of my whole knock on the whole thing. My whole knock on how it's going to go probably for the MVP voting in the NFL, where it's like, what by default the dude won the award? Like, all right, man, like whatever, like. If you're telling me that Jokic is an MVP, which he obviously is coming off a reigning MVP in Unreal season, it's hard to take it away from him right now with what he's doing right now. I know they're not as high in the standings, but they have way less. They probably shouldn't be anywhere in the in the playoff consideration if, if it's me. Yeah. So, so he's up there. It's just one of those things where it's like, unless something drastically changes, like 
this is actually hilarious because we're on like opposite sides of the or like similar sides but like di- with different people from before um it's kind of what i was arguing with jokic last year like if nothing changes like it just has to be steph like he's playing so well he's playing so well and he's on the best the team with the best defense in the league not that he's the best defender but also one of the best offensives the best record so like there's no way to take it away from Steph unless, like, God forbid there's an injury or unless the Warriors fall apart or unless the Nuggets really turn it around. But, like, I agree with everything else you said. Um, he's having a better season. It really sucks. It really sucks. Jokic's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Like, I don't know. Most people won't wouldn't say that. But, like, he's just a fun – if you, like, genuinely like basketball, he's just a really fun player to watch play. Like, he – on other teams, and I guess I realize this because I play DraftKings a lot, but like on other teams, when guys go down, it's like, oh, like, Tobias Harris is out tonight. Like, Korkmaz on the Sixers is going to, like, pick up a big role tonight and be shooting a lot more. Or like, oh, Steph Curry's out. Jordan Poole's going to have a big night. Every single player that goes down on the war- on the Nuggets is like, yeah, Jokic is just going to have the ball even more tonight. And, like, anytime another guy goes down, it's like, Jokic does more. Like, the guy who comes in <laughs> off the bench is like, mm, Jokic just does more. Like, the guy's incredible. Like, he's just really fun to watch play basketball. Like, and, and in a different way than other guys because it's not in, like, a crazy athletic way. But it sucks. He's lost, like, the whole team's falling apart. Like, I don't need to go through the guys. You already listed all of them that went down. But, yeah, like, but, like, it what? It really sucks to see. Yeah, but, like, that's where – can you not – can you're just saying now it's Steph Curry because he's he doing incredible, up. but like, dude, look how many fucking people are on the Warriors balling out. You're about to get Clay back. You got all these weapons. Like, this dude's out there doing with nothing. Here, yeah. What's the question though? Who's the second best player on the Warriors? You're about to almost have to say Andrew Wiggins or Draymond, who can't shoot a basketball. So like, Steph Curry still deserves it. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins been playing well, but it's not a Lakers scenario where it's like, well, LeBron has AD or like this kind of stuff. Like even Giannis had more like Middleton and Holiday or like more help. Like Steph Curry is like Steph Curry deserves this one. And I was someone who's been down on Steph Curry. Not that I dislike him, but like I was like, yeah, can he do it like this? Like yeah, he can. Like Steph Curry deserves yeah. this one big time. But, like, again, I, I almost don't like using that as an argument because, obviously, there's not only one person in the MVP conversation. So, for every other point you said, you're right. Like, Jokic is right there. It's him, Giannis, KD, Jokic, Steph. Like, they're all right there. But at the end of the day, if your team, like, they're 500 right now, and they, they could end up worse than 500. Like, if I were the Nuggets, I'm sorry. I'm Jokic has a huge body, huge body, seven seven whatever feet tall, a lot of weight lugging around plays like 35 37 minutes a night like I, I would say this isn't our season not that i would enter full tank mode but like i wouldn't be playing Jokic over 30 minutes a night like what are you gonna do like what what are you what is the best case outcome a Jokic mvp and like a five seed and getting bounced in the first round like it's not your year without jamal murray and porter jr and, and uh pj dozier like i would not enter full tank but like i would not be playing Jokic over 30 minutes a night because like We've seen how careers for guys this big go. They just don't go as long. Like, he does not need those extra miles in years that don't matter. I just don't want to see him, like, get worn down too early in his career on years that are just garbage. Yeah, no, that's a good take because I think the Nuggets are, I mean, what, the, like, it's just joke. It's, it's the, the best possible outcome playing, is, playing. is getting a lucky. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I would I would say, like, if they try their ass off and Jokic plays well, they could maybe get, like, a six or something and avoid it and, like, maybe stretch a series to seven or, like, get an exciting <laughs> series. It. But, like, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, best imaginable case scenario. Like, more likely would be, like you said, they get they bust their ass, they get to the play-in, and, like, maybe they win and get an eight seed and get swept or something. Like, why, why are you doing that? Don't do that to them. 
I, yeah. I would I would let it go, especially in a year where it might be way easier than other years to get a top pick because there just aren't bad teams like there usually are. Like, yeah, there are five teams locked in like we talked about, but after that, there aren't. Like, I'd, I'd maybe enter a nice casual tank if I were the Nuggets. It's just it's tough to sell your players on. Nice like, no player wants to play tank. 10 less minutes a night. Nice, Rich, for the brand. Um. All right, I want. I'll just want to get in a few. Uh, a few funnies on my on the way out of here. Um, I need to. Ch- I need to check in on a few takes from the past. Um, man, Urban Meyer is really crushing it for me. <laughs> He's so bad. Fuck. I literally. I literally love to see this. I know this man. I know this is. This is just tough, dude. I fucking. Urban Meyer, it's just not working, dude. He's got to go. Trevor Lawrence, dude, he's got 14 interceptions and nine touchdowns on the season. That's not good. That's really not good. Um, I'm not saying he hasn't shown some signs. Um, I'm not saying that he can't get it turned around because obviously we've seen rookies struggle before and get right. So, you know, I'm not totally sold on Trevor Lawrence, but this this is not good. I, I think I'm on the side of Urban Meyer being a problem and now he's got multiple run-ins with jack coaches and players and tensions building and his interviews are terrible and trevor lawrence ain't really developing like we want to see in the nfl james robinson ain't getting any time their defense is terrible they had i think through the first six weeks they had i think it was nine touchdowns through their last they've only had five they've literally averaged less than one touchdown a game through their last six weeks offense is looking terrible Defense obviously looking terrible. And yeah, I get you got plenty of things to go trying to build up, right? Not going to just automatically snap your fingers and be good the next season. But as a fan or as a football fan, like you want to see signs of good things coming out of hiring a new coach and drafting a quarterback number one. I've seen nothing but bad. And to me, that's on the on the head of Urban Meyer. And I don't know if he's going to last this the, the one year i mean he's gonna be out by the end of the year or or at the end of this year and that was something i predicted when he got hired yeah he shouldn't he shouldn't last there's nothing redeeming so like number one he just doesn't seem like a likable guy at all not that you have to be but you have to be good in some other areas if you're if you're not gonna be likable and like it doesn't seem like the players love you i don't know if your coaches love you after everything that's coming out media definitely doesn't love you fans definitely don't love you Casual people who aren't involved think you look like an idiot. So, like, I don't know who's on his side here unless it's someone internally over there. But then number two, there's, like, there's nothing special unless we're going back to college days, like, that he's done this year. Like, there's no – even, like, the losses aside, like, they weren't expected to be a good team. There's nothing like he's done where it's like, well, he's drawn up some, like, pretty at least creative plays for Trevor Lawrence and at least shown this off for Trevor Lawrence. Like, no, everything's looked horrible. There's nothing, like, fun to, <laughs> fun to look at. There's been a few little, like – scandals whether it's the bar thing or whether it's this thing saying i'm assuming this is what you were referring to he said <laughs> the report that came out that he said was false was that he challenged all his assistant coaches or all his coaching staff in a meeting on their resumes and yeah made them defend their resumes on why they're not losers what, like I, that, bro you hired them off of their resumes you hired them <laughs> i if, if indeed came to me and be like why is your resume good? I'd be like, what the fuck do you mean? You looked at it and hired No, me. no, I'm bringing up Urban Meyer because when he got hired to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I said, man, this ain't going to work. This is a no, bad no, hire. This is I a dumbass hire. And to me, it's looking like it ain't working. 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence, right? A quarterback that everyone was like, oh, man, this dude's going to come in the league. He's the next fucking whatever. Joe Montana. Yeah, he might be pretty good, but he ain't Joe Montana. He ain't even close to Tom Brady, and you know how I feel about Tom Brady. Trevor Lawrence. So I, I don't watch a lick of college football, so by no means is this a victory lap or being like, oh, I was so right. I had no idea what I was talking about. But I remember putting in the chat to Chew one day when he when Chew was raving about Trevor Lawrence after a college game where he crushed it, so rightfully so. And I was, he was like, oh, this guy's going to like crush in the NFL. And I was like, yo, I've never watched, so I'm not making a take. But like, is this guy that good? Like, everyone makes him out to be like the best quarterback that's ever existed. I was like, is there a chance that he's like not that good? And she was like, oh, like, this isn't knocking Chew. He's like, I don't know with this one. Like, he's pretty fucking good. Like, Trevor Lawrence is legit. And like, it's a few games in, and Urban Meyer's been terrible. This is not to say he's actually bad, but like, I. For someone who hasn't watched college football and have only seen his NFL performance, I haven't seen anything good-looking <laughs> Trevor Lawrence really yep. so far. And that might be a lot of Urban Meyer's fault, too. Yep, agreed. Um, there's a few other i got to touch on and get your opinion on. Uh, Cowboys beat the football team. It's one of my bad beats to the early window. Um, the Cowboys are looking like they're going to win the NFC East. Not surprising, really, with how things have kind of shaken out. Um, but I've been on the record saying, you know, as, as good as the Cowboys have kind of looked this year, they've also looked pretty bad at sometimes. And when I just see some of the things that go on with the Cowboys on a weekly basis, Mike McCarthy guaranteeing wins, Mike McCarthy messing up, uh, clock management issues, the Cowboys getting blown out by 30 by the Broncos at home. Uh, Zeke Elliott averaging 45 yards uh, a game, rushing the football. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott looking terrible since he got his money and got hurt in week four after they were looking incredible first four weeks of the season on the offensive side of the ball. All that, all of it, besides Micah Parsons, I will give Cowboys credit where credit is due. Micah Parsons, damn, dude, I wish the Giants had Micah Parsons. I wish... I wish things shaked out a little different where Micah Parsons was on the Dallas Cowboys. Because I'll tell you, with Chase Young, I know he went down with injury, but then Micah Parsons now on the Cowboys, it's like, dude, they might literally, the NFC East has, I think, the best up-and-coming defensive line. Washington football team, Eagles have always been stout defensive line, and the Cowboys with Micah Parsons and all these weapons, Randy Gregory, pick sixes off the corner, Demarcus Lawrence, it's not good. Like, yeah, the Giants are fucking terrible, and this is not about the Giants. But what this is about is the Cowboys looking all, all everything's great. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. So, Rich, if you had to bet money on it, if you had to put, and I don't know who it's going to be against right now because we still got to see how some of these standings shake out, but they ain't getting the number one seed, so they ain't having to buy, so they're going to have to go and win week one of the playoffs. NFC wild card, Cowboys versus whoever. Rich, you picking the Cowboys to win a playoff game? Because I'm not, and I don't care who the opponent is against. I mean, I do I do care who the opponent is against. But I'm just trying to go through right now. Like, I'm going to assume the Cardinals, Packers, Bucks finish with a better record. Like, I... It totally depends who they're going against. But let's just say right now, it looks like maybe they'd play the Rams as it stands, if I'm correctly right now. Um, in that case, no, I would not pick the Cowboys to beat the Rams. Um, but then once you get after that, like, 
do you pick the 49ers over the Cowboys? I That's a tough one. I don't know. That actually might be what it is right now. Right now, as it stands, they'd either if the playoffs started today, they'd either be playing the Rams or the 49ers. I don't want to go through and actually count it up, but it would be one of those two. Yeah, and both of those, not really good matchups, really, for, for the Cowboys, in my opinion. I would definitely take the Rams. I don't know that I would take – I don't know who – I'll tell you for sure I wouldn't bet on a 49ers-Cowboys because I don't know who I would take, but uh, it's a good matchup. Sure. No, a good no, game. I'm not. If you're asking me right now, do I think the Cowboys win a playoff matchup, I would just say no is the safer answer than yes because I think it very much matters who they go against, whereas like the other teams that are up there, the other teams leading their divisions, I feel more comfortable saying the Packers are beating whoever they're playing in the first round. comfortable saying the Bucs are beating whoever they're playing first round or feel more comfortable even with the Cardinals whoever they play so Cowboys not as confident yeah um shout out to you for this one I just had it um because you had this one off the jump I can't find it now what the hell did I just want to say I don't know yeah I know me neither (laughs) um either way i wanted to shout out um bryce young who became the first uh alabama quarterback to win the heisman trophy it's the fourth player to win it under nick saban which is tying a record um back-to-back heisman winners for alabama Devontae smith last year bryce young this year Shout out Aiden Hutchinson, who I didn't have his first name. He probably will be the first pick in the NFL draft, too, depending on who has it, If looking like the Lions. And if it is, it's probably going to be Aiden Hutchinson. What position? Um, he's a defensive end from Michigan. He was the first defensive finalist since Chase Young in 19, first Michigan finalist since somebody in 16. Um, didn't win it, obviously. Kenny Pickett, this is where your shout out came in. Uh, Kenny Pickett, who was a finalist for the Heisman, uh, the NCA ruled that they are stopping the fake slide, Rich. They are stopping oh, the I, fake I slide. I thought you were about to give me a, uh, something for Kenny Pickett. I was like, dude, I don't even know who that is. How are you giving me a shout out? Yes, the fake slide. Thing. Kenny Pickett is the dude who did yes, the fake slide. Yes, yes. And yes, the NCA came in, said, we're taking this out. And you were on the money coming in hot with that take after I came in and said, damn, that was pretty I smart of Kenny Pickett. Football. It just looked like bullshit. I don't know. I mean, it was kind of bullshit, but it it's would, not it a would, rule. It would be like if. If you if the rule is the rule in the NFL to call for a safe catch, you just have to put up your hand. But if the rule was like to take a knee for a safe catch, it would be like someone starting to go down so no one tackles it. We didn't get tackled because we were trying not to murder you. <laughs> yeah, so they're taking that out of the game, which I think is smart because realistically, if if he didn't do that they pro- he would have got tackled there was like three defenders yeah. around him and they all obviously gave up because thought he was going down for his slide so yeah no i thought you had the right take at it i think the ncaa did the right thing and it's the first time in a while i've seen the ncaa do the right thing because usually they're on the record for doing the wrong thing um if i were that defender i would have wanted to literally just destroy him in the end zone just like oh, all right couldn't tackle you there i'm just gonna spear you from behind now <laughs> yeah <laughs> get suspended for um the rest of the season. I have a few other updates or updates for you in the NCAA, Rich. Uh, Kentucky lost to number ten. Kentucky lost to Notre Dame in an upset over the weekend. Um, obviously, with everything going on with Kentucky, John Cal kind of talking about it, and 
and raising awareness, which I thought was good. I mean, obviously they lost the basketball game, but he's still coaching, obviously, his players, raising awareness and obviously donating um, is obviously good. It's also Jimmy was Jimmy V week. Um, I'm not sure if you're able to still donate, but Jimmy V week still going on um, with obviously Dickie V. I just see Dickie V randomly calling a game and then just crying because the entire crowd just goes nuts because Dickie V's there and like everyone's just like screaming because Dickie V's like he's got to be above 80 battling cancer right now and just all over the social media with it. Just love it. Like just literally just pictures of him like getting ready for chemo. Like bro, chill. Like I don't, but like that's Dickie V for you. Just the dude who's just out there just saying it all and you got to respect it. Um, I saw Rutgers take down Purdue. Now I shouted out Purdue for being, uh, number one in AP men's poll for the first time in history. Um, their first game as number one in, in the, in the AP poll in history, they got upset by Rutgers. Um, a wild game, uh, storming the court, uh, a lot of good stuff going on in college basketball. I saw UConn got technically upset, but Paige Beckers is out 68 weeks. So, I mean, I don't know. UConn might miss the tournament. You want a hot take, UConn might miss the tournament because Paige Beckers is out for six to eight weeks. And I don't know how long you play college basketball for, but it can't be much longer than two months. So I don't know when she's getting back on the court, non-contact fracture of her foot, leg, something. She ain't going to be around for a minute. UConn could be in some trouble. Um, They got upset by Georgia Tech. 57-44, to 44, number three UConn. They could be falling fast. Huskies lose to an unranked opponent for the first time in nine years, Rich. UConn, women. Yeah, my dad told me that the other night. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, UConn men. UConn men, they're looking pretty good, though. I saw they took down St. Bonnie's. They're up to, like, number 15 in the country, winning some big games. Dan Hurley looking elite. I know Chewy doesn't love to hear it, but I love to see it. Shout out UConn men's hoops, baby. Yeah, I haven't watched much of them so far, but they're looking pretty good from what I've seen. Yeah, no, UConn's definitely pretty legit. Um, All right, yeah, those are basically all the updates I had in that rich you catch the formula one race yesterday that really caused a lot of controversy no i don't know what controversy it caused okay yeah so i don't really either because i didn't really catch the race i saw some of the race because i had it on while i was working max for strapping i know him he's a formula one racer um what's wild is this girl that i used to work with was like obsessed with formula one sports and she knew i did a podcast and she's like yo you need to like check in on on formula one and i'm like what and she's like she's like yeah it's every sundays but she like knew everything about formula one and i'm just like what the fuck? I'm like, I don't even know what this is. I started watching a little bit of, with it because she would be working and have it on because she, like, needed it on. Like, she was obsessed with Formula 1. Some people are obsessed with Formula 1. I don't know. Shout out Max Verstappen, who won the world championship yesterday on the last lap, came back on the last lap, and apparently there was controversy about it. I don't know. I just wanted to shout it out because it's a sports thing, and, and Formula 1 is apparently the wave right fair now. Enough. So, I don't know if you caught it, but shout it out. Um, yeah, fair enough. <sighs> Anyways, that's pretty much all I had for today, dude. That's pretty much all I had. Because at this point, I'm I'm sad with uh, some sad news coming through. Tom Brady, this shit is just... I just can't anymore with this shit, dude. I really just can't. It's It literally makes me sick to my stomach. It really does. I'm literally just... I'm pissed. I... <laughs> I swear to God, like I literally will, I will literally have to like never podcast again. If the, if it's Bucks, if it's Bucks Patriots in the Super Bowl, I'm never podcasting again because it's fucking fixed so, and I'm out. So I I'm asked fucking you out. this a few weeks ago and you wouldn't answer me. Will you answer me now? Who would you root for if it was Bucks Patriots in the Super Bowl? Oh my God.
I think I, I, I guess I'd root for the Patriots. I'd root for the Patriots. I, that's what I figured. I, uh, Mac Jones. No you could root for Tom Brady. There's no way I'd be rooting for Brady. There's no way I'd be rooting for Brady. Absolutely not. I'd be rooting for Bill to get the needle back to somewhat See, center, to get Mac Jones a ring. Answer, I thought you'd answer more quickly because of how much you – like, obviously you don't like the Patriots because of how much you hate Brady. I figured you'll straight up be rooting for the Patriots the whole time. Like, fuck Tom Brady. He cannot win another one. It's that, but it's – what you'd be thinking. Yeah, I guess <sighs> – I guess I'd, I'd I'd say like this. I'm I'm more worried that the Bucks make it to the Super Bowl again than I am the Patriots make it to the Super Bowl. For sure. But I don't think either of them make the Super Bowl. Um, if both of them made the Super Bowl, to me, it would be like it'd be both. It'd be more of an incredible story for New England to be in the Super Bowl, obviously, than it would for, oh, be for, for sure. the Bucks. And obviously, people would be pulling for Brady, right? Another ring. Bucks back to back, but oh, like to me, New England, New England the hype and sh- everything would be on for like Bill to even the needle, Mac Jones to like get a ring as a rookie, like Bill to be winning to football now, games like without throwing the football. Like I don't know, dude. I, maybe, whatever. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm undermining how great Bill Belichick is, but I feel like if that's the Super Bowl, the Bucks are lighting them up. I could be wrong. I could be so wrong, but I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. Belichick will come out with something crazy, but it's just so. I guess the reason is like the Bucks. Not that I think they're a lock. I, I think the Packers have just as good a shot to get the Super Bowl as them uh, from the NFC. But the thing with the Bucks is like I look at their team and I'm like, that is a team that I could see winning a Super Bowl. We just saw it. Like incredible roster. You look at the Patriots team and it's more like, well, no one else is playing great in the AFC and they have a really good defense and they have Bill Belichick. So it's kind of just like, yeah, by default, I guess I could see him being there. But like the Bucks, you look at their team, and you're just, it's just more like, yes, that that makes sense that that would win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I guess the more I break it down, because Lamar Jackson injury ain't looking good, right? You look at the Not AFC at North. That's so upsetting. Do you have? Do you think the Browns can beat the Patriots? Do you think the Bengals can beat the Patriots? I think the Ravens could, but Lamar Jackson's hurt. They might not even make the playoffs. You go look around the rest. Yeah. Do you think the Bills can beat the Patriots after what we just saw the other day? Yeah, I don't know. They're playing them again. They're playing them again. I know they only threw the ball one time in the first half, lowest in 30 years, win game, weather game, whatever you want to call it. I don't think, it, I don't think, I think the Bills can beat the Patriots, but yeah. going forward in the playoffs, how much confidence are you taking the Bills over the Patriots in the playoffs? I don't know. You go look at... Every other team in the AFC, the Titans, you taking them to beat the Patriots? No. Even with Derrick Henry, maybe not. You taking any of these other teams that are competing in the AFC right now? Chargers? I I would argue Chargers. But other than that, other than that, it will literally be nobody but the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs and the Chargers for me. Chargers, pure underdog, uh, pure Cinderella story if they're able to do anything in the playoffs. A team I'm holding my hat on and think they will be able to do something in the playoffs. But when you look at the teams in the playoffs, to me, it's like, all right, dude, you trust the most in right. The Chiefs, the Patriots. You go look at the other side. The the Bucks and the Packers, right? The, 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 there's, a, there's a couple teams on both sides. You're like, oh, yep, these are the teams that are going to make it through. When realistically, it looks like there's so much parity in the league. It's like come playoff time, depending on how things yeah. shake out, we're probably going to get these certain things that kind of shake out. And, but also, I think the flip side to that, yeah, there's, there is parody, though, because it's, well, yeah, I think the Patriots are favored. 
I'm not walking into any of those games like, oh, Patriots are going to crush them. Like I think the, like you said, I think the Chargers can beat them. I think the Bills can beat them. Like I'd favor the Patriots, but the Titans, if Derrick Henry's there, you know, like maybe, maybe could. I don't know. So like, we'll see. I think it's interesting nonetheless. I think, I think if you're someone like yourself rooting for the Bucks and the Patriots not to be there, you're you're a pretty big Chiefs and Packers fan right now. All I'm trying probably... to say is if I'm if I'm against those two teams and I'm like, Rich, you can take the Bucks and the Pats, I get the field. Who do you think has a better chance of winning the bet? Oh, you absolutely. You think by a mile? Like you think hundred a hundred percent. Like by just easy statistics, yeah. Because Because I got more Bucks... teams, but like realistically, if you ask certain people that, even in the sport, like, there's certain people that will tell you, I will take the Bucks and the Chiefs or the Patriots and the field, you get the field. bet on the field that's 28 versus two teams, just take the fucking field every time, especially when, like, the Bucks, I get it. I, I would, if there were two runaway teams, I'd be more hesitant to do that. Like, like the last, like in the preseason of the last few years, if someone was like Nets or Lakers or the field, that's one where I'd be like, uh, well, you know, because we all thought the Nets and Lakers were going to be the runaway best two teams. But like right now in the NBA or the NFL, if you take two teams, I'll take the field every time. I'll be like, sure, maybe you win. You could take the Bucks, the Nets, or whoever, like the Bucks and the Suns, whoever you want. I'll just be like, yeah, I'll take the field and hope two other teams get there, and I'll be right more often than not. Because cause the thing for this football one is, like, just asking you this, like, how I feel is, I think the Bucks and the Packers have an even shot to get to the Super Bowl. Which, would you not agree? Yes, like, I, I think, think the, no, I think the Packers have a better shot to get to the Super Bowl than the Bucks. Okay, well, there you go. I think they have an even shot, and that's not even counting into the fact that there's other fucking teams. There's yep. the Cowboys and no, the Cowboys. No, I agree. The Rams, no, I agree. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like, the way it starts to shake out, watch. It'll, dude, it's just, that's the shit that annoys me, bro. That's no, all right. why I ask for is consistency, talking. bro. Everyone will talk like that is the foregone conclusion. You're right. They'll be like, oh, it's going to be this and this. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, there's like an 85% chance it's not that. <laughs> like a 15% chance it's that. It's like, actually a 90, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Honestly, man. No, it's, it's way less that it's that, that those two get there. I don't know. I don't remember how to do the math. Either way, well, I don't know, that man. exact combinations there. It's like, that's like a probably 5% or something. It's small. Either way, sports have been good. All right, I'm going to pause my recording. Um, I got to say bye to you here on the Twitch stream. I needed to see if you had any locks for tonight. Um, I got something for you. But that's pretty much all okay. I had here for the got. recording. You didn't? I texted See you all next you. time on the Seggy Station. No, I didn't throw in that beef for Russell.